This is Ool Radio. I'm Jason Snell. I'm here with Alexander Kosovan. He is the CEO and founder, co-founder, founder, founder yeah. the yeah. founder of MacPaw, which makes a lot of different software, including SetApp, which is the headline sponsor at Ool this year. Um, I I really liked your presentation. So you are you are. Um, <laughs> The sponsor, and I have been to enough tech conferences to know that sometimes the sponsor presentations are a commercial for a product, and it's not my favorite thing. And what I really liked about your presentation is that your presentation was about where you came from, how you got enthusiastic about the Mac, what drove you to create a, a Mac software company, and also the people and cats who uh, who work in your offices. It was uh, it was uh, it was great. I, I think it gave me a much better view of who you are and who the people at MacPaw are. Well, thank you. I was afraid that nobody would like it. And actually, I personally do not like all the sponsor uh, presentations as well because usually they are too uh, commercial. So that's why I wanted to keep it short and at the same time like use the opportunity to say a few words about our company and what we do. So tell me the the white keyboard story a little bit that that struck me. So this is that this is that sort of the white keycaps with the kind of pl- clear plastic around the outside that you saw and that was the thing that inspired you? Yeah, it was uh, the wireless keyboard from Apple. I don't remember which model it was. I think it was uh, coming with uh, this uh, headline oh, Lamp Mac. Oh, the the G4 iMac, yeah, right? The G4 iMac, and w- it was really beautiful. But uh, well, I was a student and I had some spare jobs, uh, so I didn't have a, a lot of money. So all I could afford this is only this one keyboard. So you got the keyboard and then used it with. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, ha- I had to buy a Bluetooth model separately and use it with a PC with, <laughs> a, with uh, a, a PC. like a blue, uh, USB Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, and thing. like the Apple logo key was not working on the PC. Wow, <laughs> um, but, but that was it. That was your entry. They talk about the iPod bringing people into Apple, but for you, it was the it was the white Bluetooth keyboard. That's amazing, and now you have quite a collection. It seems of old. Apple Gear. That was something in the video that you showed that at your at your uh, your offices. Uh, yeah, so this, this is actually the first time we are showing this collection to public. Uh, so, as I said, I was a huge addict to Apple. I was the biggest evangelist, probably, and because uh, when I started to use Mac and uh, Apple devices, I was probably like the first student in the university who, who used uh, Mac. And uh, after I started to use it, I like... I sold so many Macs to my friends and family, so everyone around me started to use Mac as well. Uh, so, like, this is the story, and probably this was the beginning of the company, because when I switched people to Mac, they actually started to help me to work on the products that, that I was producing. So where were you going to school? Uh, I, I studied in uh, National Technical University of Kiev, uh, Kiev Polytechnical Institute. And, and is MacPaw's headquarters still in Kiev? Yeah. Okay. So so I, I'm curious about that That market was, because what I've heard is that a lot of um, Eastern Europe and and former Soviet you know bloc countries that Apple had very little presence in. So w- was it a very strange? Nobody knew it. Once you started using Apple stuff, you were the only person you knew who did it. Or was there a little bit of a community there? Well, uh, absolutely. So nobody knew about Apple almost anything. So uh, one of my uh, biggest. Uh, 
um, th threats were that there were no software for, for Mac, and I was afraid that if I will uh, buy this expensive Ma MacBook or uh, computer, uh, I will not be able to use it for the education. But uh, anyway, I took the risk and I did it, and I do not regret it at all. That is a very common Mac story everywhere. Is they always scare you with that question of oh, the software is not going to be there. But I, I, uh, I've talked to people. Um, who grew up in Russia, and it's a similar story where, you know, the Mac users in the United States thought that they were this strange group that was an outlier that nobody had ever heard of, but we were uh, so common compared to what it was in your part of the world where it was so, it was so much rarer. So that's amazing that you ended up yep. getting into it and spreading the word, right? So you ended up <laughs> making, up a, making a lot of converts and in Ukraine. Yeah, so back then, only like professionals uh, used it, like photographers and movie editors. Oh. Uh, so Makes this sense. was like the small community that actually used Mac. But it was not that widespread, widespread as nowadays. So when you started working on Mac software, what, so what was MacPaw's first product? What, what was the first thing that you did? Uh, so prior to starting the company, I actually did all my uh, university assignments uh, on the Mac hmm. <laughs> using uh, Cocoa and Xcode. Uh, but the first product that we actually launched was Clima Mac, and this uh, I wrote it completely by myself. And then so the company started with you having an idea for software and yeah. writing a piece of software, and then it sort of turned into a company over well, time? Actually, it was a bit complicated story because uh, <laughs> when uh, Apple announced uh, the Intel uh, Switch, right. uh, so I had to sell my old uh, PowerBook PC and switch to Intel. But uh, there was a huge delay uh, of coming to the market. So uh, during that time, was, I was using Hackintosh <laughs> because wow. I couldn't go back to Windows afterwards. Right. And then once it was on Intel, <laughs> that was an option. Yeah, and while I used Hackintosh, I had to develop a lot of uh, hardware drivers myself because nothing was <laughs> wow. working. Uh, so I learned a lot about the architecture and uh, OS X, how it worked for, from inside. And it helped me to create Klima Mac and all of the products as well. That's great. So I wanted to ask you a little bit. Obviously, the the, the product that you're um, that that is being promoted clearly here at this event is Setup, which you re you launched recently. And the way that this is generally described is it's sort of a sort of a Netflix for Mac apps. It's a subscription service that gets you access to. Um, a whole collection of Mac apps that you can choose to use, and as long as you subscribe, you get to you get access to all of the apps. You don't have to buy them individually. You just it's a subscription service for all these apps. Where did that idea come from? Where did you start thinking that maybe there was a subscription model service for Mac that you should create? Well, this is a very good question. Uh, so uh, it comes from our like legacy and our experience that we had in uh, developing software and selling software. Like besides Setup, we also have a DevMate, which is a distribution platform for Mac developers who do software outside of the Mac App Store. Uh, so we had all of this experience, and we thought uh, how we can do better and like there is a pretty common model where uh, developers release uh, major upgrades to their software like there is version 1 version 2 for which people have to pay money but this is not very good for customers because developers have to delay a lot of functionality in order to uh, to sell the new version and uh, it takes several years probably before customer will see what the, uh, what they created and in in this terms 
subscription model is much better because uh, both developers can uh, release a small incremental update and uh, ship it to the customers and customers should not pay the whole price uh, all at once uh, but in the same time subscription is extremely difficult to explain to customers why do i have to pay every month for like uh, for your a, a small utility that uh, a lot of indie developers are creating uh, so we were trying to fix this problem and we came up with idea of setup is where you have a single subscription and you have lots of products inside so and it is similar to Netflix so you are not limited to the number of apps uh, you will use uh, but anyway you will pay a single subscription with which will be enough to cover uh, the interest of all the developers inside so how many apps do you have on setup right now? Right now it's 73 apps, uh, and we try to uh, to get only the best apps available on the market, so we, want, uh, we don't want it to be overloaded like the Mac App Store right now, because it's like thousands of apps, and pretty frequently they are just clones of some popular apps, and it's extremely hard to find the, uh, the right app you were looking for to solve your problem. So, uh, well, I'll tell you my personal story with this because I, I was on a, 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 I was testing it, and there was an app that I knew existed, and I couldn't remember if I owned it or not. And I used LaunchBar instead of Spotlight because I used LaunchBar, and of course, you keep all the apps, even if they haven't been downloaded and uh, and set up yet, are stored in the applications folder. So they were all indexed by my search. So I started to type the name and I realized, oh, I do have it. And I hit return. And what came up was the setup window saying, this is an app that's on setup. Do you want to download it and open it? And I clicked again and I was using it. So I didn't have it, but I knew that it solved my problem. And then it was there. And I thought, this is the story right here. This is how this is supposed to work. You should be able to do this. And it's it's one of the ways you differ from the Mac App Store is that you don't have an interface, really. The finder, the applications folder is the interface, and the applications sort of live inside the, the setup folder in there. And I, I like that. I like that it's just sort of, uh, it, it lives on your Mac. It's not a weird, you know, other universe you have to go into to find apps. Yeah, this is the kind of experience we wanted to create uh, for the customers. So once he's paying for, for a subscription, he gets access to all the software all at once. But in the same time, it is okay if you have like a small number uh, of apps, but as soon as they will grow like for more than, uh, more than 100, let's say, uh, it will be much more difficult. And right now we are working on some discovery app, as we call it, That's good. Uh, to help customers to find like the right apps for their uh, needs yeah that's good uh, it's good well i i wish you all good luck i think it's a very clever idea thank you i hope i hope it continues to grow and thank you so much for coming to and sponsoring Ool. i really appreciate it <laughs> thank you very much for the invitation this is Ool radio i'm jason snell we'll see you next time mm-hmm.